Section 5 of The Lane That Has No Turning. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Lane That Has No Turning and Other Tales Concerning the People of Pontiac by Gilbert Parker. The Absurd Romance of Petite Louison. The five brothers lived with Louison, three miles from Pontiac, and Medallion came to know them first through having sold them at an auction a slice of an adjoining farm. He had been invited to their home, intimacy had grown, and afterwards, stricken with a severe illness, he had been taken into the household and kept there till he was well again. The night of his arrival, Louison, the sister, stood with a brother on either hand, Octave and Florian, and received him with a courtesy more stately than usual, an expression of the reserve and modesty of her single state. This maidenly dignity was at all times shielded by the five brothers, who treated her with a constant and reverential courtesy. There was something signally suggestive in their homage, and Medallion concluded at last that it was paid not only to the sister, but to something that gave her great importance in their eyes. He puzzled long, and finally decided that Louison had a romance. There was something which suggested it in the way they said Petite Louison, in the manner they avoided all gossip regarding marriages and marriage feasting, in the way they deferred to her on the question of etiquette, as, for instance, should the eldest child be given the family name of the wife or the Christian name from her husband's family. And Petite Louison's opinion was accepted instantly as final, with satisfied nods on the part of all the brothers and with whispers of, How clever! How adorable! Such beauty! Petite Louison affected never to hear these remarks, but looked complacently straight before her, stirring the spoon in her cup, or benignly passing the bread and the butter. She was quite aware of the homage paid to her, and she gracefully accepted the fact that she was an object of interest. Medallion had not the heart to laugh at the adoration of the brothers, nor at the outlandish sister, for though she was angular and sallow and thin, and her hands were large and red, there was something deep in her eyes, a curious quality in her carriage, commanding respect. She had ruled these brothers, had been worshipped by them for near half a century, and the romance they had kept alive had produced a grotesque sort of truth and beauty in the admiring Petite Louison, an affectionate name for her greatness, like the little corporal for Napoleon. She was not little either, but above the middle height, and her hair was well streaked with grey. Her manner toward Medallion was not marked by any affectation, she was friendly in a kind, impersonal way, much as a nurse cares for a patient, and she never relaxed a sort of old-fashioned courtesy, which might have been trying in such close quarters were it not for the real simplicity of the life and the spirit and the lightness of their race. One night Florian, there were Florian and Octave and Felix and Isidore and Emile, the eldest, drew Medallion aside from the others, and they walked together by the river. Florian's air, 
suggested confidence and mystery and soon with a voice of hushed suggestion he told medallion the romance of petite louison and each of the brothers at different times during the next fortnight did the same differing scarcely at all in details or choice of phrase or meaning and not at all in general facts and essentials but each as he ended made a different exclamation voila so sad so wonderful she keeps the ring dear petite louison said florian the eldest alors she gives him a legacy in her will sweet petite louison said octave may the governor and the archbishop admire her petite louison said felix nodding confidently at medallion bien you should see the linen and the petticoats said isidore the humorous one in the family he was great she was an angel petite louison attends what love what history what passion the perfect petite louison cried emile the youngest the most sentimental ah moliere he added as if calling on the master to rise and sing the glories of this daughter of romance isidore's tale was after this fashion i very well remember the first of it and the last of it who can tell he was an actor oh so droll that tall very smart and he play in theatre at montreal it is in the winter petit louison visit montreal she walk past the theatre and as she go by she slip on the snow and fall out from the door with a jump come monsieur hadrien and pick her up and when he see the pretty face of petit louison his eyes go all afire and he clasp her hand to his breast mademoiselle mademoiselle he say we must meet again she thank him and hurry away next day we are on the river and petit louison try to do the dance of the blue fox on the ice while she do it some one come up swift and catch her hand and say mademoiselle let's do it together like that it take her breath away it is monsieur hadrien he not seem like the other men she know but he have a sharp look he is smooth in the face and he smile kind like a woman petite louison she give him her hand and they run away and every one stop to look it is a grand sight monsieur hadrian laugh and his teeth shine and the ladies say things of him and he tell petite louison that she look very fine and walk like a queen I am there that day, and I see all, and I think it damn good. I say, that petite louison, she beat them all. I am only twelve years old then. When Monsieur Hadrian leave, he give her two seats for the theatre. And we go. By gosh, that is grand thing, that play. And Monsieur Hadrian, he is a prince. And when he say to his minister, but no my lord i will marry out of my star and where my heart go not as the state wills he looked down at petite louison and she go all red and some of the women look at her and there is a whisper all round next day he come to the house where we stay but the cure come all so pretty soon and tell her she must go home he say an actor is not good company never mind and so we come out home well what do you think next day monsieur hadrien come too and we have damn good time 
Florian, Octave, Felix, Emile, they all sit and say bully good to him all the time. Holy, what fine stories he tell. And he talk about Petit Louison, and his eyes get wet, and Emile, he say his prayers to him. The gosh, yes, I think. Well, at last, what you guess? Monsieur, he come and come, and at last one day, he say that he leave Montreal and go to New York, where he get a good job in a big theater. His time in Montreal is finish. So he speak to Florian and say he want to marry Petit Louison. And he say, of course, that he is not merry and he have money. But he is Protestant, and the curé at first very mad, bagosh. But at last, when he give a hundred dollars to the church, the curé say, yes. All happy that way for a while. Petite Louison, she get ready quick. Sapra, what fine things had she. And it is all to be done in a week, while the theater in New York wait for monsieur. He sit there with us and play on the fiddle and sing songs and act plays and help Florian in the barn and Octave to mend the fence and the curé to fix the grapevines on his wall. He show me and Emile how to play sword sticks and he picks flowers and fetch them to Petite Louison and teach her how to make an omelette and a salad like the chef of the Louis Quint's hotel, so he say. But gosh, what a good time we have! But first one and then another he get a choke throat when he think that Petit Louison go to leave us, and the more we try, the more we are bagosh fools, and that Petit Louison, she kiss us every one and say to Monsieur Hedrian, Charles, I love you, but I cannot go. He laugh at her and say, Voila, we will take them all with us, and Petit Louison, she laugh. That night a thing happened. The curé come, and he look very mad, and he frown, and he say to Monsieur Hedrian before us all, Monsieur, you are married. Supra! That petite Louison get pale like snow, and we all stand round her close and say to her quick, Courage, petite Louison. Monsieur Hedrian then look at the priest and say, No, monsieur. I was married ten years ago. My wife drink and go wrong, and I get divorced. I am free like the wind. You are not free, the curé say quick. Once married, married till death. The church cannot marry you again, and I command Louison to give you up. Petite Louison stand like stone. Monsieur turned to her. What shall it be, Louison? he say. You will come with me? Kiss me, Charles, she say, and tell me good-bye till you are free. He look like a madman. Kiss me once, Charles, she say, and let me go. And he come to her and kiss her on the lips once, and he say, Louison, come with me. I will never give you up. She draw back to Florian. Good-bye, Charles, she say. I will wait as long as you will. Mother of God, how hard it is to do right, she say, and then she turn and leave the room. Monsieur Hadrian, he give a long sigh. It was my one chance, he say. Now the devil take it all. Then he nod and say to the curé, We'll thrash this out on judgment day, monsieur. I'll meet you there, you and that other woman that spoiled me. He turned to Florian and the rest of us and shake hands and say, Take care of Louison. Thank you. Goodbye. Then he start towards the door, but stumble, for he looks sick. 
Give me a drink, he say, and begin to cough a little, a queer sort of rattle. Florian gave him a big drink, and he toss it off. Whiff! Thank you, he say, and start again. And we see him walk away over the hill very slow, and he never come back. But every year there come from New York a box of flowers. And every year Petit Louison sent him a merci, Charles, mille fois, Dieu Tirard. It is so every year for twenty-five years. Where is he now? asked Medallion. Isidore shook his head, then lifted his eyes religiously. Waiting for Judgment Day and Petit Louison, he answered. Dead? cried Medallion. How long? Twenty years. But the flowers, the flowers. He left word for them to be sent just the same, and the money for it. Medallion turned and took off his hat reverently, as if a soul were passing from the world. But it was only Petit Louison going out into the garden. She thinks him living, he asked gently as he watched Louison. Yes, we have no heart to tell her. And then he wished it so, and the flowers kept coming. Why did he wish it so? Isidore mused a while. Who can tell? Perhaps a whim. He was a great actor. Ah, yes, sublime, he said. Medallion did not reply, but walked slowly down to where Petit Louisan was picking berries. His hat was still off. Let me help you, mademoiselle, he said softly, and henceforth he was as foolish as her brothers. End of section 5